Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress tech experts. Here's your hosts, Jonathan Denwood and Andrew Palmer. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech roundtable show. Got a great panel. My co-host, Andrew, is swanning himself in Florida as we speak. It's a rough life, isn't it? And But we've got a great panel. We've got some really great stories. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves, and then we'll be in to the stories. Ladies first, Tonya, a returning special guest. Tanya, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Yeah, right. So I'm a translator turned web designer with about... I don't know, 10 years with WordPress um, under my belt. I'm a Corsica lover, which is why I have my Corsica cup here today. And I'm looking forward to today's chat. Well, you might not be so happy about it afterwards, but we will see. Um, Got a great friend of the show, a regular special guest, got Tom von Convesio. Tom, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me back, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Um, My name is Tom Finelli. I'm the founder and CEO of Convesio, and uh, we offer scalable e-commerce Docker-powered hosting for WordPress. Thanks. When when are you selling to GoDaddy? (laughs) I'm sorry, but I can't talk about that. (laughs) All right. You're in negotiations. All right. There we go. You're in negotiations right now. Uh, uh, We've got Matt from the Matt Report. Matt, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe, Matt? Sure. Hey, everybody. Uh, Matt from Matt Report and the WP Minute and Castos. Thanks for That's having great. me. That's great. The great sponsor of the show. Got Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Sure. Spencer Foreman from WP Launchify. We provide WordPress consulting for membership, marketing automation, e-commerce, and learning management. That's great. And I've got my... Close friend, John Lott, the man that can cause a Twitter storm by just appearing on the platform. John, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, John Locke from Lockdown Design and SEO, uh, doing SEO for industrial and manufacturing firms. What's it like being described as deaf on two feet, John? Um, (laughs) Nothing new. No, you don't care for me, really, do you? No, there we we go. Uh, um, Before we go into our main stories, we've got a message from our superb main sponsor. We'll be back in a few moments. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pray at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic Tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic 
weekly newsletter which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the WP Tonic Tribe. Please show your support for the show and support Castos. It's a fantastic platform. We're coming back. I can't say more better things about Castos. They are the cream of the cream. So let's go in um, to our main story that only caused a slight verberation in the WordPress community. Block boards are fishing reels. How Gerkenberg has divided WordPress by Paul Lacey. So, Matt, um, contributed to your great WP Minute. I think you've been doing great things there, Matt. Um, I thought it was just a fantastic post, one of the best I've read in 2021. What was your own thoughts about it, Matt? Uh, so, yeah, of course I'm biased. Uh, that was uh, a great contribution piece. It was actually a, a content bounty that uh, we were, ran at the WP Minute where uh, there was a, a great sponsor behind the post. And that Actually, one, Matt, there's a bounty on me, but not, not a positive <laughs> a thing. kind of bounty, but, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's a fantastic program. Uh, you know, Paul Lacey would have made $200 on that post, but he actually wanted to divert it to uh, a big orange heart. So we made that as a $200 donation. Uh, fantastic piece. I mean, what what can I say? You know, Paul did a great, uh, you know, emotional piece, really bringing us back to why community is so important to him. And I think hopefully resonates with others as to why the WordPress community is so important to them. Um, you know, there was some talk that it was, you know, your typical, uh, I don't know how to say this the right way, like anti-Gutenberg piece. Like, this is, oh, this is just another piece that is just anti-Gutenberg. And look, there's going to be, this is, this is life. This is open source. This is the community. People have different opinions, different feelings on different things. You can't wrong, you can't fault Paul, Paul for having this, this feeling around the whole thing. And uh, I think this was very powerful. Um, just to give people the sense, this article here, I'm just looking at my Fathom Analytics right now, got uh, 1,900 views so far uh, to that post and 350 listens to the, to the audio. So this is something that has a pretty strong impact uh, on people. people. Well, some people, some people for financial and other reasons don't like don't like this story and they just don't like the message, do they? Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, <laughs> I, I hate to just like sum it up as it is what it is, but this is one man's take on how it impacted him. And it it's it's sort of a, a, a sad, it's a sad song because it was also Paul Lacey's like final uh, retirement piece. He'll be, <laughs> be back. He'll uh, be I, back. I had a great employee for one week, and and it it, it didn't last, unfortunately. That's, that's how long I only last with me. Yeah. So uh, I am looking to fill Paul's shoes. If you if you're interested in sort of being like that community person and and news wrangler, uh, I, I'm looking for somebody. I'll have a proper job description outline for the WP Minute, but I am looking for somebody. Uh, like, I mean, it's just a great piece, and it's just one take on. How, how Gutenberg and the community has impacted him. And uh, I think it resonates with others. Yeah, I was just impressed with the intellectual breath and he kept it on track, unlike me, who can regularly go on a tangent to somewhere. Who knows? But he managed to keep it 
really it's a it was a really deep with many aspects. So, Uncle Spencer, what did you think of Paul's hand mm. grenade? I love Paul. He's always the foil of uh, you know the other show, and he and I, I was looking forward to working with him over on the WP Minute as well, but. I'm not really sure I understand why he pulled the plug on his interaction. I really don't. There's like a big question mark in my mind. What is he not telling us or something? And it's his business. But like, it wasn't like he got, uh, you know, mugged in the dark alley of WordPress somewhere. And now he hates WordPress and he's afraid to go there. I mean, something else is going on because I was the biggest critic for over a year. What did you say to him, Spencer? I, you know, I was really surprised because I'm over in the Slack community that Matt's got over there for WP Minute. And all of a sudden, somebody says, like, the place has gone to hell since Paul Lacey left. And I said, Paul left? <laughs> and the point is, it's up to Paul to describe if he cares, if there's something else going on. But I am the harshest critic of everything and everybody that doesn't make sense. We know that about me. And I don't see anything objectively that is being done, even with the shenanigans of automatic that requires one to eject themselves from the aircraft of WordPress. I just don't understand it. Yeah. The block editor needs a an editing block, like a medium experience or something comparable where you can just edit long form content. That is absolutely true. But that's just a matter of somebody coming up with it. So I don't know. Like this just doesn't add up to me, and I I will let Paul because I like him as a friend and a well, he was supposed to I'll let Paul say it for himself. But this doesn't add up to me. Why he's leaving over this? Yeah, he's a bit. He was supposed to come on the show, and for understandable, you know, we booked over two months ago. It was quite interesting how things work out, but he decided at the last minute not to come on the show for understandable reasons. I, I, I mean, if you go to Tom now. Tom and I had the pleasure of working through a lot of things that I want to do in this space. And technically, there's a lot of things that he's trying to do in the space. It's hard to change a lot of stuff quickly. And sometimes you have a good idea and you have to say, well, it was a good conversation. Maybe next year we'll come and talk about it again. But like, you don't just go, well, I'm leaving. Like, I don't no. understand that. So Tom's been having some regular conversations with you, Spence. Poor Tom. Uh, so, Tom. Uh, I'm sure um, God, look, he looks too happy because I, I've had a few with you and um, yeah, I've never felt happy. Uh, um, Tom, uh, um, what do you reckon? Well, I mean, Spencer is a lawyer, so he is yeah, exactly. a to speak with, very much so. Yeah. Um, no, it, you know, look, I don't know Paul very well, but he's one of these guys that's kind of been a big deal in the space for a long time. And I had a lot of emotional feelings reading this story. I went from like sad to mad to confused. It was, and the story was so entertainingly written. It, I, I hung in there because it was a long story. It was, I, it was written so well, <clears throat> but I just came back to the, the end of it thinking like, man, I wish he would, channel this to a place where because he's a leader in the space he's a person who can facilitate change right and it may not happen as quickly as he wants and, and so i i saw it as like i that by the time i got to the end of the story i was just kind of sad that it felt like it was like we're losing somebody uh because they felt like they couldn't make change or there was this divergence in in directions and i feel like that's an unfortunate thing but 
Um, you know, if I was him, I would probably have tried to leverage my platform for facilitating more change directionally and just keep at it. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, Tom, but I'm going to. Uh, um, um, do you want to pass any comment on Josh's calamitous interview on post-status, that train wreck of the interview, and about his comments about sending to go, Daddy? I thought you were going to put me on the spot about Paul. I was, <laughs> this is really on the spot. Um, look, you know, from a business perspective, I understand exactly what happened. Uh, I think the thing that struck me was, and I don't, I don't know Josh and the page really at all, but I, I was really, really surprised at the seeming, um, you know, just that these two companies stand for polar opposite things. They do. Well, they did. They did, did they? They did. And, you know, if you have to tell a story about why you're selling out to somebody that's... Um, yeah, but why not just be honest? They owe, well, like, they gave me tons of money and I'm, right, off, sailing right, right. For, I'm so, off sailing for three weeks, right. three years, you know? So the, the, only, the only story you can tell people is kind of the one that he did, you know? Which is, you know, there, it was a sort of this spin to it of like, no, they want to be more like us and, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> They and have, like, you know, they the first have, thought that went through my head was they have plenty of money to be whatever type of company they want to be. If they really want to be like you, they should start doing things. And I, 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 I don't want to bash on these guys, but no, you can't. You know, be look, I, you got me riled up here. I had, a, I had a client call GoDaddy to simply get access to a site, and forty minutes later, and six hundred dollars later, they were signed up for five years of services. Okay. And it was a friend of mine I was trying to help get off of GoDaddy. And they literally called in to get a password to their account or domain. And they spent $600. And I'm like, this is crazy on multiple fronts. But <laughs> why does GoDaddy have to do that? You know? Well, like, they're, they're the, they are the worst of the worst. They are. It's like the episode of Friends where Chandler tries to escape the health club. Step number one, if you want to start being more like Paige Julie, don't do that. No. I, think you, I think I've got you quite – I've never seen you so passionate, Tom. Uh, um, Tanya. My hey, by friend. the way, can I just tell you, this is all part of my strategy to be bought by GoDaddy. So exactly, I know. I'm, I'm I, learning. I, I, I you, that's very English Huber, actually. Uh, um, Tanya, my blessed Tanya. What did mm-hmm. you think? What did you think of this piece? Are we talking about GoDaddy or are we talking about... Uh, no, it was the original article. I've just got the all The original article, time. okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, before I went freelance, obviously I was in the corporate world for quite some time, and I saw people leave companies who were seemingly essential, like, to the heart and soul of the company. Um, because for whatever reasons, you know, they retired or they got new, uh, better positions somewhere. I don't know, for, for whatever reasons. And everybody always got excited about it, most of the times in negative ways, because when, when, when somebody is the face or the leader of something, you know, people always look up. We're sheep, basically, right? We, we follow those who, who um, are good examples, in our opinion, etc. But... <clears throat> Ultimately, and, and that's why I understand why he left. Um, 
things change. Communities change. Um, in our case, technologies change, software changes, whatever. And so um, I'm no longer emotionally partial to things like that, right? So if he thinks it was good for him, um, then he has his good reasons. And um, I can tell you this, the community will be just fine without him. And, and that's not in a mean way or anything like that. Um, it's just part of passing of time, I guess. Yeah, but what did you think of some of the things he said in his piece? Because I thought it, it, the points he was making were excellent. What, what's your view on that, Tanya? Mm. One of the questions that I asked myself while reading the piece was, um, how old is this guy? Because to be honest, I've not that I can think of. I don't think I've ever heard of him or, you know, consciously followed him, whatever. But I was wondering how old he is because... It, it, to me, it seems like he's a guy who just, you know, this is no longer the shoe that fits my foot, you know, and, and I think that's something that comes with age and with experience. Um, yeah, but maybe he's just a Virgo. I don't know. Not that I believe in that <laughs> stuff, but uh, uh, I'm, Virgos Matt, have problems with change. <laughs> right. Matt, I've got to ask you this before you go, but if you don't want to go down this, you know, fair enough. You know, you work for Paisley, you know Josh and his wife. They seem, you know, I only met them a couple of times. They seem very nice people. And I, I'm very pleased for their payday, you know. Don't get me wrong, Matt. You know, every company's got its price. You know, one day, if it's a successful company, it's going to be bought. Everybody sells, you know, we've got to be realistic. But was you not shocked and... I was a bit shocked, but secondly, what you know the man um was you not th this interview and post status I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, or I just thought it was a bit of a train wreck myself, but what's your own thoughts? Uh, I only caught uh, the tail end of the of the um interview and i hadn't I hadn't gone back to finish it yet, but here's what i you know here's what I can speak on. Uh, Quickly, let me uh, in def uh, not in defense of Paul, but this uh, it's a tough community when folks don't uh, agree with you a lot, and some folks don't want to stick around for that for that roller coaster ride, right? So they don't like the criticism, um, they can't take the criticism. And Paul dedicated uh, nearly two years every week with Nathan's show on WP Builds, and as somebody who creates content. And that is not developer focused, which is not the primary uh, when it's business focused, which is not the primary audience of WordPress. I get it all the time. Just the dude talking about business who wants to hear him anymore. So I totally can understand, you know, why Paul is like, I don't want this anymore. Transition over to Pagely. Worked there for three years, knew Josh and Sally well before. Sally's the unsung hero most of the time in that organization, really keeping it together. And look, uh, why would why do we see all these acquisitions happening this year? Because it's the right time, <laughs> and if it's the right time, if you want to get out and you and you spent fifteen years building a business, mm. are you going to survive another fifteen with yeah. where everything is where everything else is going? 
Uh, again, I know I'm biased. I was a sales guy there. I was the cheerleader for Pagely trying to get people to buy amazing product from an amazing team, most importantly. And y'all, when this company leaves, where was everybody to support Pagely over the years, right? If you want awesome products to survive and awesome companies to exist in this ecosystem, you have to support them. So it's very easy for everyone to come around and rally around Pagely was great. Can't believe it's going to go away. Now we're going to lose this in the community. But how many conversations I had with people who voted for the lowest dollar point for hosting over the years. So it's one thing to, to say, we want amazing products. We want amazing services like Pagely. But I was the, the person in the room with a bunch of agencies and a bunch of freelancers who were just like, we're just going to go with that $100 a month option. Okay. <laughs> like, we're trying to build something great. We're trying to build a team in uh, a, a premier product. And this is what it costs. And um, yeah, maybe if there was more support and sales for Pagely, Josh would have had a different tact. But look, that's the right time. And also, GoDaddy, I have, I have no ties with GoDaddy. I don't have a product. I'm not sponsored. I think they're trying to make the right moves. When you take a step back and you look around, especially now with the acquisition of Pagely, there's a lot of our friends that work for GoDaddy. And I know, and maybe it's their pro division, but I know that I'm a little bit more cautious on saying that they're just the absolute bottom of the barrel because I do think they are, they're trying to make moves. How do you steer a battleship the size of GoDaddy and turn it on a dime to make it better? You know, in a year, I don't think you could do that. Uh, People are still talking about Danica Patrick commercials. Like this is like decades long branding issues that they have to write the ship about. And I think they're trying to make the right moves. And I hope something like an acquisition of Pagely does make that change. But yeah, I just want to respond to that. Um, I've got the deepest respect for you, Matt. Um, truly have not even, not only because your company sponsors my show, I, I truly do have the deep. And you came on my podcast in the very early days where it was a real mess of a podcast. And I always appreciate your support for doing that, Matt. Uh, um, but I, I really disagree with you, Matt. Um, you know, Gay Daddy, they've, they've tried this over and over and over again, this spin, and they they get people in the WordPress community, they hire them, and then they're, oh, we're changing our ways. They Their rubbish support and their rubbish hosting has damaged WordPress. You know, they have people when they have a terrible experience with WordPress because of GoDaddy's terrible support and terrible hosting, they don't blame GoDaddy so much. They, well, they do, but they also blame WordPress. And they go somewhere else because they, they consider their experience of WordPress to be their experience of GoDaddy. And I personally, Matt, have had, like what Tom has expressed, I have wasted hours of my life with their rubbish support. That you know, literally hours of my life, which I won't get back, Matt. And trying to explain to clients why we're having all these problems. We're having these problems because we're dealing with this rubbish company. 
And, and they're using their big logo uh, to cover that up. And I haven't got any more patience and I haven't got any more time for them. And they're never going to sponsor this show. And I would never take, and I'm a mercenary. I take anybody's money, literally. <laughs> uh, um, 20 uh, grand. <laughs> and I'm not going to be, they're never going to sponsor this show, Matt, because they're crap. Yeah. They really I, are the worst of the worst. And I, that's saying something. Can I <laughs> so, just comment on uh, one thing? Well, two things Matt said that I, Matt, I totally agree with you. I wrote a blog piece about this like a year ago. The, the WordPress community as a whole needs to step up investing mm-hmm. in innovative companies and not be like, oh, well, I'm not going to pay that price. Like, dude, if you got, find one or two clients you can put on Pantheon, Kinsta, you know, Convesio, Pagely. Like, these companies are trying to innovate the hosting space and 98% of all hosting is cPanel, legacy, single server technology that anybody can get into business licensing and say, I'm the fastest SSD hosting provider with the best support and security and blah, blah, blah. There are companies out there that are trying to innovate and they are, you know, we should be supporting them as a community more and not be always going for the cheapest possible uh, thing. And then lastly, I do agree with you, like, I, I've been in two big public companies, and the only way you do change a public company is you make bold moves with the capital you have. And this was a bold move on paid, on GoDaddy's part. Now, a lot of companies do that, and the acquisitions implode. I mean, not we just not to mention, you know, EIG bought Constant Contact, and that's we've all seen how that sort of worked out, right? And so we'll see. The story is not over about Pagely and GoDaddy. So we're going to watch and we'll find out. But I, I agree with you that you can't change a big organization overnight and you got to make bold moves. And this was one on GoDaddy's part. Right, John. John, my friend. I got I to take off everybody. Thanks. Yes, sir. Right. Thank time. you so much. Thanks, Matt. everybody. Bye. John. Oh, is he? He's, I think he's, he's talking to John. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Hey, what's, your, what's, your, what's your spin before we go on our break? On the Pagely thing or on Paul Singh? Let me talk on Paul Singh. Yeah. Because I want to talk about that. Paul's a friend. Um, you know, I didn't know him at first. I got to know him. I really like him. Um, everybody has to do what's right for them. And, you know, he referenced um, your last guest in this. I think that was part of the reason. I think there's, you know, other things he saw. Look, we all build websites. We all... Uh, work with with web technology. He'll be around doing something else. I guarantee it. And whatever it is, it's going to be awesome. So, you know, I I, I think there's kind of a is uh, attitude that I've seen in the WordPress community where it's like if you don't like, you know, where it's going, then you know, get off the train and and you're you know you're not part of the the team. And I don't know that that's the right attitude. You know. People are still going to be making websites. They're still going to be uh, a part of the larger web community. And uh, so, Paul, you have my support, whatever you're doing. That's right. Thanks for that, John. We're going to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments. 
Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, Backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. I'm Bertha an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. We're coming back. Well, one story took the first half up, but uh, we were covering like two stories. Um, Spencer's almost nodding off. Uh, um, so, or uh, um, well, maybe he's just grimacing. He's wondering what I'm the just hell looking, I'm looking down. I'm that side. All right. You're looking down. I can down. look up. <laughs> right. I'll probably get a message. You, I can never fall asleep on you, John. <laughs> I'm not replying to that. Uh, um, so, on to the next story, which I changed at the last minute, just to make sure the panel were reading the stories. Uh, um, um, so, uh, Dole, D-A-O, bids on the Constitution. Um, I really found, A, about bidding on the Constitution. You know, I understand there's 13 copies, original Constitution. It looks like some Saudi prince has bought one of them. I think it's a sad moment that the living, breathing constitution of this country is just something to be bought and sold. I think all 13 should be owned by the American people and they should be on display at different places in this great country. Um, so I, I, this is my personal view, it's a disgrace that they were... It was just put on to be sold like uh, a pack of potatoes, literally. Um, secondly, like, like the Wu Tang record. <laughs> yeah, really. It, you know, um, but the the tech interest is the tech. The idea that capital can be in this new method, capital can be assembled very quickly because I personally feel it's got interesting linkage to the way that WordPress could be financed uh, or WordPress projects. What what do you reckon, Spencer? Do you think, what did you think of the story? And do you think it's got some interest about how WordPress, in the future, how WordPress um, projects could be financed? Um, first of all, I enjoyed the Ed Morton Rand uh, Hendrickson on the show yesterday. It was good to see him back on the show miss his 
voice in this particular space. Um, I think this particular story, this particular thing has to do with using tokenized voting or tokenized, you know, power of doing things. But it also kind of reflects upon the fact that, you know, we've got a Wild West going on, a very mm, young, energetic mostly, although not all people who are making gargantuan fortunes off of cryptocurrency and even NFTs. But that's not dissimilar to the gold rush where lots of people made a crap ton of money, but not necessarily because they were brilliant. There was a combination of right place, right time, luck. So what I see happening here is this is pushing the envelope of established norms and they're trying to be controversial because the same young people understand the power of social media and otherwise, right? Like the Kardashians would not necessarily have existed in the same way back in 1929, but they understand how to use the tools to get attention and then that becomes their currency. So on the one hand, I think that this is an example of something that we're not going to see go away anytime in the future. But I also feel like you're going to see a lot of pushback to this because the needle's going to swing the other direction from government, especially when it comes to dollars or other you know, fiat currencies. They're not going to sit still while people <laughs> get together and go, let's all take over a continent because we all have this much money and we can all vote on what we want to do with it. The government's going to crack down on it, just like with the initial gambling um, as a metaphor I forget the name of the company, but the first company that got away with legal gambling online, the, the government came back with probably the motives of the Las Vegas mafia or Las Vegas, um, you know, uh, the pollsters and said, hey, we're putting you all in jail to make a, an example of you. And then they went ahead and set up their own online gambling, you know, and they took a piece of the action. It's like a Sopranos episode. So long story short. Now, how is it different than WordPress? It's different from WordPress because automatic does not seem to be offering anybody a piece of the action. You know what I'm saying? Like if automatics, Hey, uh, come on over here. It'd be different. They would say, Oh, I have a vote. I can pay money to automatic and have a vote in what automatic makes. That'd be a different story, but they're not, they're saying we're yeah, going to have that our own. Yeah. But what isn't it interesting? It's open source. So you could fork it. And then through this mechanism, you could get, a large investment from various people in a non, you wouldn't need to go to Salesforce or any, you know. Well, it would, it's it, happening with the Wix investment that's going to be happening in Elementor, supposedly, is that well, somebody I, I with enough I, money comes in, says, hey, you know what? Like, we don't need to listen to the way you're doing it. We can fork WordPress. We'll take Elementor. We'll build our own version of this. And if you like us, you'll vote with your wallet by coming over and, taking our all-in-one package. That is a possibility. But I'm referring to the individual. Like right now, the thing with cryptocurrency is it's supposed to be an actual transactional medium, but it's not. Nah. Most cryptocurrency has become an investment vehicle or a profiteering vehicle, which is not the original intention, but it's what's happening. So if there was a, a mechanism, you could buy a piece of the WordPress action and that was worth something either for an investment or for a transaction. That'd be a different story. But there's no standard. Like right now, who am I going to invest in? Like, you know, there's 25, 30 cryptocurrencies. There's only one automatic. And then what, am I going to give Syed money or something? Like there's nobody to bet on right now. I'm sure I can't, you'd be, I'm, I can't I'm sure buy stock. There's no public company I can buy stock in. That's basically what I'm, I'm 
I'm sure that Saeed be very happy to take your money. Uh, um, so, uh, um, by, by the way, by the way, I didn't talk on this because it's not my business. But like when you look at why Pagely sold, I think the best comment was because if they didn't sell now, they'd be the schmucks that didn't sell, and then they it passed them by, and then they became inconsequential because at the end of the day, it's very hard to offer hosting services. Tom can attest to unless you have a differentiator on some other factor. Oh, don't get me wrong, Spencer. I've got no problem with them selling. I've got no yeah, problem. No. I'm, I'm actually, saying, like, I really, I really, really in my heart, Spencer, have yeah. no problem with them selling to Go Daddy. It was you, that, you know the, you know the old that, joke. It was that interview, that train wreck of interview that sparked me off. No. Uh, um, <laughs> but you know the old. You know, there's the old joke. It's a little saucy, but like the the, the person is talking to the professional sex worker and. They, would you sleep with me for this? And they go, no. And they raise the price. But the point is, the, the joke punchline is, at this point, we've already established what you are. Now we're just negotiating, okay? And if you have a company and somebody's offering you money, there's a certain point at which it doesn't matter what the company's about. That's so much money that you have to say yes. That's yeah. it. I've got no problem with that. I think you're totally right. Like I, like I say again, it wasn't the fact that they sold to Gay Daddy. It was the fact that this kind of ridiculous spin that they tried to put on it, this that they were going to join the Borg and change the Borg. No, they're not. They're and Chestnut is changing everything over for the you know, I just This train wreck of interview that was post-status, that they should know better than engage in that train wreck of interview, and it was an absolute train wreck. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, you know. But if that's if that's the way they want to go, Spencer, good luck to them with that type of interview. That's their decision. But I mean, I, I have no opinion on the, the 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 interview. Was just like that's the messenger, as far as I'm concerned. He got Corey got a like a late night exclusive or something. That's what I would call it. I don't see any problems with that. But the other part is it's very hard in a politically correct world to to talk about a dirty joke. I just noticed that, but it was very hard for me to tell a joke that involved a prostitute in a politically correct world. Yes, I just please, please don't I do want to put that. on the record that it's very hard for me as a comedian on the show to do my act in a, like a network television environment. That's all, all I'm right. saying. Tanya, what did, what did you <laughs> think of this story? Obviously, she, you're, you're booted, Tanya. You have a problem with the boot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, you know what? I tried reading that, and I have no freaking clue about cryptocurrency other than huh? I, I just recently joined a Facebook group, um, Bitcoin for Beginners. Um, <laughs> so I really don't know. But I do, I do have to agree. I, I don't, I, like, I didn't understand why would somebody sell the Constitution? It's like, what? To make yeah. money, to make money, my dear. There's like people have no, no. morale anymore. No. I don't know. No, I, I really think that I was outraged by it, really, a little bit. I don't know why, but it, you know, I'll be interested. In this two, there was the two sides of this story: the actual selling of the living, breathing constitution, like you're selling a, like a pack of cigarettes. 
Um, and did I understand uh, it correctly that they only did not win because they couldn't prove that they had the funds to take care of it? I don't know the. I don't know the. I was interested in in the technology and the possibilities of it, mm. um, but also you know you sell the. So Tom, there seem to be two aspects. You know, the selling of of the. You know, I'm not going to overdo it because obviously that constitution it had deep flaws. You know, um, no rights if you're a woman. No rights if you're black no rights if you're a native Indian, um, only only rights if you're white and, and a white man. Um, but it was still, in my opinion, the spark of liberty and enlightenment. For it just to be sold to the highest bidder, I find nauseating, personally, myself. And then you got the technology aspect of it. So, what was your thoughts, Tom? Well, I'm, I'm, I feel the same way you do. Like, I don't think that we should be selling constitutions. There's only 13 of them. I, I think that they should be the people's document. And I love that idea that you had of, you know, everyone being able to see them. Uh, but moving on to the technology and the thing you touched on, the way to finance WordPress projects, right? So, I think that's interesting. I think one of the things that's, um, first of all, it's not like lost on me that there's this, who are these people? It's like this new, I'm not a very cryptocurrency literate person, okay? But it's like there's this these people who have hordes of like bit and all sorts of, you know, Ethereum, whatever it might be, right? The cryptocurrency, hordes of cryptocurrency. And these people now have like, there's like conglomerates of where they're coming together and they're doing powerful things or there's influencers who can say, go put your crypto coin on this and they can sway these markets. And it's almost like there's becoming this new elite class of like, well, we're bankers, <laughs> you know, like it's like now there's this new class of younger cryptocurrency influencers who are controlling large swaths of cryptocurrency. So that's one of the things that like I'm reading is going, who are these people? Like what? we're talking about like so-and-so was on a podcast and in five minutes raised X amount. I'm like, you know, so I think that's a, a important point. And then the other point is that I'd say, regardless of this particular piece of technology and platform, there has never been a better time to raise money in the WordPress space because there's so many alternatives to raising traditional capital for whatever project that you've got. So well, you, it was how you originally financed your right. own business was an interesting way, right. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, I understand because I, I find crypto, but, you know, as, as Spencer said, you know, um, the original um, Krypton um, goes up and down. It's the investment, but then you had a a fixed cryptocurrency, which was Tether, and Tether's got all its own problems that I don't want to go into. But then you you remember you got a new coin trying to be started, which is from the one of the joint founders of Cold Fusion. You remember Cold Fusion, Tom? Very well, very now, well. Now, he's, he's trying to You're get a me. fixed uh, um, and do it, in his own words, the right way. So it's interesting... But I do have, I listened to some of these Krypton 
crypto coin experts. And it's like a different language. And I'm always very suspect when people can't speak direct English, uh, um, where, you know, obviously, if you're dealing with quantum mechanics or um, obviously that's a different story. But when you're dealing with something not a scientific Pacific subject and you can't talk English, understandable English, I have some problems. My my alarm bells start ringing. So, John, what did you reckon about this, John? I mean, the one thing that I like about the concept is that, um, and and they use the example of the uh, one of the apes. I can't remember which one uh, NFTs, but you have to buy one of these expensive NFTs to have a vote or to have access to the community. And this thing is, is not like that. I think crypto overall, I think it's a new shiny object. I think um, there are a lot of people in the technology space, usually white guys, libertarians, and they're like really obsessed with it. And, you know, it, is it a thing that's viable? I mean, I, I've heard all kinds of people like say all kinds of different things about crypto, but I, I mean, the NFTs, a lot of people are comparing it to how traditional art is used for money laundering. Um, there might be some applications for it down the line, but yeah, I mean, like the crypto and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I don't see it displacing world currencies anytime soon. There's all there's all sorts of aspects, so, but um, as the yeah. investment way, I think it's interesting. So, I, I think people I think people are into it because it's technology and they can get rich quick by just yeah. buying it and sitting on it, and that's it. Yeah, so. it's got that aspect. So on to story three: the state of the word 2021. So Spencer, are you really looking forward to the state of the word from our, our great leader? I mean, it's interesting to hear what he says because you get an insight into things that are not really obvious. You know, there's not a, I'm no one to judge what it's like to be in his shoes because I could never have that type of position. It's not, my personality would not align well with that. Exactly. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you. you don't do that to if I had my own background, I'd have Matt with me. does that to me as well and it always starts to get me hot and bothered, Tanya. Please I don't that. do Thank that. You. Please um, don't but, do that, Tanya. Oh, sorry. But, but I will say that in the in the course of seeing these things after the fact before, it'll be interesting this year to see whether he addresses some of the same points that we've been talking about with like the consolidation that's happening, an acknowledgement of the reality that this is turning into a business at the expense of reducing the, you know, hanging around the campfire community that there were some events this last year that we all know about that got some of the automaticians feeling uncomfortable about their personal safety and so on and so forth. Like, there's a, there was a lot of hot spots. And um, my, I'm going to make a prediction. My prediction is that he's going to glaze over all of that stuff and he's just going to put a, a frosting on the cupcake for whatever sounds good to his venture capitalist because to do otherwise would be self-defeating there's no benefit to go all year not saying anything and not being the kind of do as I say leader and then come up with something that look at Zuckerberg with the metaverse kind of speech, you know, like, oh, hi, 
everything is great. You're awesome. It's your personal freedom. You know, like why do that and expose yourself to that criticism? Because we all speak about it all day long anyway. Trust me, so, I I should run the yeah. web. I mean, <laughs> Matt, Matt has his own Matt has his own personality, but like I'm 55, right? You at a certain point you grow out of the thing you were before. If well, I, I haven't, a, I haven't. If I were to continue talking like a 25-year-old bro on YouTube who's doing cryptocurrency and uh, taking testosterone supplements, I would look really silly making videos about that. But there's guys that do that now who are making a million dollars a month making bro videos, pumping up at the gym and like, you know, talking about their t-shirt business and they're making a killing. But see, I think you have to be who you are. And Matt right now is not the... 22 year old guy he was he's a guy who's running a, a billion plus dollar company and he has busy. to act like an, a, a mature suit wearing person he's busy counting all the green spits <laughs> so, uh, um, so it takes a long time to count the amount of green he's got um, Tanya <laughs> bro <laughs> took a long time to, you know, uh, 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 you make know. some gains yeah Tanya what do you think and play, you know you, play, you got me all hot bothered Tanya uh, so there we go. I'm telling you, that was 2019 in Berlin. That was my first state of the word I, I heard, um, and it was in person. And I got to hug him. And um, <laughs> you won't be hugging me at <laughs> the same time soon, mate. All right, sorry. Give me food, I'll hug you. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, I think. Aside from all the, you know, the, 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 the development with Gutenberg and all of that and, and how WordPress itself is evolving, I think the, the ecosystem in which um, WordPress operates and, and functions has changed humongously. I don't know about you guys, but the past one and a half, now going on two years, my business has changed um, because of, you know, the pandemic and, and my clients, you know, their business models changing and then them adapting to, um, I'm not allowed to say the F word, but, you know, the virus and the pandemic and all that. Um, so I'm sure that must have impacted uh, um, Automatic the same. Um, personally, last year, I didn't watch the, the state of the word. Um, I'm still not sure if I'm going to watch this year just because 2019 was so awesome, you know, and it's like anything that comes after that. Uh, especially these days, can't be as awesome. But I'm really looking forward. Well, yeah, I am going to watch it. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to to hear from him how the outside, you know, you know, the surroundings of WordPress have have you know maybe had an impact on WordPress itself. Um, just to kind of understand the top down, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah, oh, totally, Tanya. You're much more sensible than me. I guarantee yeah. no sense on this show. Spencer will guarantee that. Uh, um, so, should love Spencer. I thought they were quite good jokes, but there we go. Uh, I think um, Tanya, Tanya, you're free to use the F-bomb. I say it all the time. I'm trying to be more yeah. child-friendly on the show because I know our new audience is under 18 here. So that I don't wanna... fucking pandemic. Those that kids I'm today are with. very precious. Yeah. yeah. I'm we have to set to the example. I, I, I'm trying to control myself, Spencer. I have had a bit of a rant on Dave Daddy, but, you know, can you blame and, me? When Andrew is hosting the show, he doesn't allow me to get away with anything. I like that you let me get away with it, but I'm trying to be self-regulatory here. 
Mm. I thought, I thought he, uh, you know, Andrew's quite cruel to you last week, but you dealt with it. In, you know, Andrew, to... Andrew and I get along just fine, but he definitely runs a tighter ship when it comes to letting me talk. Exactly. <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Uh, um, Tom, Tom, what do, are you waiting in bative breath? The great words of wisdom from our great leader, Tom. <laughs> well, um, yes, uh, but. I don't know. These things seem to be so diluted. Like about 80% of the stuff Matt says, I find, you know, really relevant and interesting. Um, Maybe less a little bit. Like I I don't really care to hear about NFTs and web three and all that. Like there's so much stuff he needs to come out and talk about in WordPress. Like and so I'm like, it's like these things are kind of like, there's a lot of like, it's like the, it's like a visionary keynote, right? And what I'm looking for is more of a like, what is the state of the word, right? Like, what's the state of WordPress? Like, we've heard people, you know, Alex Denning did something where he said, you know, post-pandemic searches for WordPress declining. Uh, I'd love to have some commentary on that. Is WordPress still growing? We know during 2020, fastest growth year ever. Are we still on path to get to 50% of the web by 2025? Like, those are things I want to know about, right? Because as a a WordPress, you know, business owner and, you know, all of us here, like, we want to be able to see and know what, where is, where are we heading? Are we still on, on course? Like, you know, obviously there's going to be an IPO someday, probably won't hear anything about that. I mean, so I have a lot of questions that I'd love to get answered, but Someday I don't think that... over the rainbow. Da, da, da. Oh, sorry. Um, I think very insightful, Tom. So, my friend John, what do you reckon? Are you waiting in baited anticipation for the great words from the leader? No, I can watch a replay. I'm not going to watch it live or anything like that. I mean, it's going to get recapped uh, by a million news outlets anyway so right. yeah i'll just i'll just watch it later i'll probably watch like youtube videos or something like that are you gonna be twittering at the same time you're watching it john no no right there we go no i, I don't have an issue with matt mullenweg yeah, well there we are uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. you have an issue with matt no i said i do not oh, i do okay. not yeah there's a yeah anyway yeah, I, I haven't. I wish him well, Tanya. He's, he's a busy man counting all, <clears throat> like I said, counting all that green takes a lot of time. Um, so, uh, um, so um, let's on to story, story four. So I'm cracking Tanya up there. Um, lost in trans- transaction, a global streaming boom is creating a severe translator shortage. Well, this must have been music to your ears, Sonia. You know, happy days for if you're a translator, you know. That is the biggest bullshit. Of course, if I have a budget of $7,000 to translate an entire, what was it, episode, I think? Of course, thirteen dollars a minute. <laughs> How much? Thirteen dollars a minute. No. Yes, that's what they quoted in that article. Thirteen dollars a minute to translate. I broke it down to the word, and it was less than than a cent. 
And just to give you some perspective, right? If I were to subtitle, not closed caption or anything like that, or write a script for for um, voiceover, whatever. If I were to subtitle a series, given that it comes from such a, I mean, it's different if you would translate, um, I don't know, maybe an Italian series into French, right? I mean, those cultures are kind of close, but we're talking Korean and the rest of the world, right? So I'm fluent in it, Tanya. As a lot of people on Twitter would testify, would testify. Go on, sorry. So, so if I were to compare, if Netflix would have asked me for a quote, what I would take per video minute, not me working a minute, but you know, translating or, or subtitling a minute of, of the series, I would have been somewhere probably around $20 at least, okay? Because that's how long it takes to make a good subtitle. So just because you don't have the budget, and I understand why they don't have the budget, okay? Don't get me wrong. But don't say there's a shortage of people who are able to produce good subtitles. The shortage is the budget. So the problem we have is the revenue that filmmakers make with streaming. That's the culprit, not the supposed fact that there's not enough translators and subtitlers out there and voice artists who would be able to to do a good job. I am in so many translator groups. I am on so many email newsletters where I get, you know, jobs up for post. But if somebody offers me a fraction of what I have to earn just to make a living where I am, it's ridiculous. It's seriously ridiculous. So basically, the people who can work for that money are people who do it for the love of it, not people who have to live off of it. And then for every news outlet going to say there is a shortage a shortage of translators, that's just ridiculous. And that really pisses me off. Also, what I don't understand is nobody talks about the difference between subtitles and closed captioning. That's two totally different things. And if you go on Netflix and you have the wrong settings, you're going to be reading something that makes absolutely no sense because you're watching it for a different purpose, right? So yeah, that whole thing really has me riled up. The problem is not the lack of translators or good translators. The problem is the budget. And the budget is the problem because of the way we do streaming. So Spencer, is this also linked to the great, the article that we discussed last week, the great resonation and the shortage of people? And there's no shortage of people. It's just you need to pay them more. That's the only, you know, they're not prepared to work for less than $15. You need to pay them some more money. Is it really that just that simple, really, Spencer? Well, I don't think it's that simple. I think that the concepts are, are easy to get your head wrapped around. And Tanya's point is really well taken because, you know, it's sort of, if you listen to what she's saying, she's saying the same thing about working at a fast food restaurant, right? There's no shortage of people who will work at McDonald's. When McDonald's pays somebody enough to bother showing up and having stuff flinged at them all day, then they will have an abundance of workers. But the people who, here's the problem. In both of these worlds, and Larry David, if you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, makes a mockery of this so well. The people who are in the upper management echelons of all these companies, these corporations, especially in the media business or fast food industry, they're so detached from the reality of the normal middle class or lower class people. And I say middle class because 
I do voiceover work or I have in the past, and that's a feast or famine thing. But I understand it takes a lot of effort to get something 100% right versus 50% right. You know, like most of my stuff, I make 20% right because it's me. But the point is to do it to the standard of that person that has no concept of what's involved in their office at Netflix or something else like that is impossible because A, the person doesn't understand at the upper echelon what actually goes into the process and B, because they don't respect the needs of other people below them for getting a job done and living, right? I I have to add to that, Spencer. What they also don't realize is, and and I, I am absolutely certain of this, those people up there in the upper management levels, whoever are making the decisions, they're not even the ones consuming their own product, but they're trying to think sure, for consumers. Right. But the it, problem is, yeah. remember back in the day when, when we would watch like Bonanza on the TV and we would make it a date night with family because, you know, there was no replay or whatever. There was no on demand. Well, so, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll extend the example to two other things that apply to the same topic, but for different reasons. Number one. I have all of the subscription channels because my kids and I find it, you know, it's a, it's a, an economy you got, you got, that you got your ladies, you? I, have, I have everything I never wanted. Netflix, HBO, Disney plus Hulu, blah, blah, blah. Now I love the show shark tank. ABC executives have a poll so far up their rear ends because I get ABC via Hulu. I pay for the subscription Hulu and yet shark tank episodes on a 40-minute episode, have 180 hours of commercials, even on the paid versions. And I say to myself, who at ABC is paying attention to the fact that, like, I hate them so much, I refuse to watch the show now because they've made it such an embarrassingly painful thing to do, even after I pay for their subscription. You see this in radio. Have you listened to the radio lately? In a 60-minute, you know, hour, it's 59 minutes of commercials and one minute of content. Well, Here's the thing. The good news is the world is changing because, you know, the same bros making their gains videos and doing cryptocurrency, they're shifting the paradigm away from executives at large corporations when it comes to certain things. And I'm not saying there's the answer today, but when one of them puts together an organization that essentially outsources this kind of stuff, then the corporate people have to pay through the nose for that because they will organize it. And this historically has happened for unions. It's happened for things like Antitrust Act. We're just in the new space where they get away with it. And I mean, I'll torture you one more time. Like I, I went to go pick up a prescription from Walgreens. I drive an e-bike, right? An electric bike. I wear a helmet. It's treated like a motorized vehicle in some states, not others. The point is I go to the drive-thru at Walgreens like the motorcycle before me and the little lady in the little mobility scooter after me. And the the pharmacist refused to hand the prescription through the window (laughs) saying that in his judgment, I was not a motorized vehicle and therefore it was against corporate policy. I said, you've got it in your hand. You won't hand it to me because some jackass at Walgreens upper management made a decision that somehow their liability is greater. Now, Think for yourself, um, COVID testing, they don't allow people to walk in. I wasn't a COVID test, but you, you're not allowed to walk in the store. What if you don't have a car and you want to go get a COVID test? You're not allowed to use the drive-up window, and McDonald's is the same way. So you know what I did? I said, so if this isn't a motorized vehicle, I can bring it in the store, right? He said, yeah. So I rode the bike into the store, <laughs> honking my air horn the whole time, pulled up to the thing, and I said, 
I'm here on my non-motorized vehicle to get my prescription. Ding, 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 ding. And I made a scene about it. Then I went to their website and I realized that the corporate policy of Walgreens, though not published, actually is in favor of using the drive through window. It's just not properly applied because nobody made the effort. And this is the same thing going back to Matt Mullenweg, which is if you don't have a proactive leader of a large organization with thousands or tens of thousands of people, everybody acts like the characters in the movie Office Space. Like one person has eight bosses all saying the same thing or different thing, and it's chaos. And that's the difference between entrepreneurs and corporations. And that's the problem we have in this uh-huh. world is that the entrepreneurs are making solutions like cryptocurrency and bro gains videos, and they're going to change the world. The corporations are going to sit on their ass until somebody catches them with it. And then like Apple this week, Apple finally relented to oh, Lewis Rolf and everybody else about giving out a manual for, for, you know, stuff. Yeah, but where else listeners and viewers could you hear this um, uh, Rob, I'm just saying you... it's all connected like there's a theme running through this and I know you guys acknowledge it. the theme is we have a space between corporate interests who are appeasing their shareholders in their own interest and ordinary people who are workers and entrepreneurs and in between there used to be a real gray nice sort of mix now there's not there's not right. detachment I just want. I just wish I was a fly in the wall when you're on that bike. I just wished. I just wished I could see your face, actually. Spencer. Yes. Quick question: Would you <laughs> yeah. be willing to pay Hulu more to not have the 180 minutes of commercials? Well, that's an interesting yeah. conversation because Tom brought up the fact about airline tickets and like hosting, right? I and maybe it was a mad as well. The problem is when people in the airline business, you know, customers are given the choice between can we have it like we did in the seventies, where you get a hot meal and a tray and a nice person attending to you, or you have to pay maybe twenty five percent more to get it. They'll always choose the lower cost thing, and that's the problem here too. These are commodity items unless you hit something that's like unique. So, for example, what these streaming services have done is like. The Beatles let it, uh, get back thing is released. It's going to be exclusive to only one channel. That's how they get you to pay the money. And if you stay, you stay. I think that's the issue, though. When you're in a world of plenty, the things that you pay for have less to do with the value of the item and more to do with weird esoteric stuff. And it's hard to pin down what that is. But like convenience, not having to renew a subscription, laziness, or certain specific content. Uh, one example. I watched some of Squid Game. I'm holding on to it. But I do use closed captioning because my hearing isn't so great. I sometimes find it's hilarious. It's part of the entertainment. But I agree with you that somebody said that Squid Games was not really well translated or subtitled. And they were saying the opposite of what they meant. You know. All right. So. We need to wrap this up so it's not war and peace. Let's go on to our recommendations. And I do hope that my special guests have got some recommendations. And Spencer, can you please do me a favour and make sure these are in the Slack channel for me? It really does help you, Spencer. That would be much appreciated, Spencer. So um, my recommendation is a new plugin from the Fluent team who seem to be in world domination when it comes to WordPress plugins. They're an excellent team. Uh, um, and they've got a new one, and I, they've got my wallet out, Spencer. I actually bought a lifetime deal with a Spencer. Uh, um, for which one? No, for Fluent Support. 
fluent oh, yeah. right I've, I've bought it myself so go the link will be in the show notes go over there tribe and um give them money tribe give them money you know that's all i've got to say spencer have you got a recommendation for the tribe yes i'm typing your thing out too um so i did a uh uh, I've relaunched WP Launch Club, and I did a um, a review or an intro of this product. This is called Yaymail plugin, and I'll post the link in here. It basically allows you to customize all of the transactional emails of WooCommerce in some ways like the best of Gutenberg and the best of a page builder like Elementor. And it's really important because for anybody who's doing a business with e-commerce or membership, learning management, most of your emails are really still going to be transactional from the sale. <coughs> is in the marketing automation. So from that standpoint, um, go watch my video and there's links in there as well. But the product itself is um, Yaymail uh, WooCommerce uh, transactional email customizer. And it's it's really quite good, inexpensive. Is this yeah. a violation of some protocol here? I mean, Spencer just shared a video of himself. I you mean, can promote yeah, yourself. I'm going to have to start preparing videos for my recommendations now. Yeah, yeah. Swear and you can promote your own thing. Yeah. In this case, the re- here's why I did it. The reason I did it is because I've I've been in touch with the email people. They don't have a good demo like that you can use without it being explained to you. So I, I feel like in this case, it's a fair. Yeah. He also sponsors the show, Tom, so I allow him to do whatever shit he wants. Yeah, to. what do you so, guys say about uh, that, Tom? Hey. Yeah, oh, right. hey. So, <laughs> he's giving me money, Tom, so he thinks he owes me for a couple hundred dollars. Not for nothing. Life. There we go. And he's so right, Tom. I'm so cheap. So there we go. Um, Tom, <laughs> Tom, have you got a recommendation for the tribe? Yeah, so uh, PeachPay. So if you haven't heard of this before, um, it's a really cool one-click checkout plugin for uh, WooCommerce. And um, I've had the honor to talk to uh, the CEO, uh, David, a few times. And they're a really cool startup doing some, you know, really nice stuff. And it's one of these things where if you have recurring customers coming to your site, this makes it really easy for them to purchase. So helps improve time to checkout. Uh, conversion rate, all sorts of stuff. Right. Thank you. And thank you, Spence, for putting it. Um, Tanya, my, my beloved my, for my, do- my, my beloved Tanya, hopefully yeah. you've got a recommendation. I, I do. But I still need to figure out, does Peach App use PayPal? Or, or is it Stripe? It does. It uses PayPal and Stripe. Okay. All right. My recommendation is not something for Word. Well, yeah, you can use it for WordPress, but um, since I'm the translation girl and the globalization girl and all that, um, I want to ask you, beg you not to use Google Translate for when you have to translate something. Um, If you need a machine to translate your stuff, I recommend you go to deepl.com. And they have a really nifty app that you can um, install on your computer, either MacBook or or whatever. Um, the good thing about it is you highlight a text, whether it be in your you know Word, Excel, whatever files, or in your browser, whatever. You highlight it. You double click um, Command C or S T R G, whatever um, C, to like the copy command. You do that twice and it automatically opens the app and it gives you a side-by-side translation. And then you can, with a click of a button, insert that to where 
you wanted to have it, or um, you can copy it, whatever. Since I live in the Czech Republic and I don't speak any Czech, that thing has been a lifesaver for me. It's it's totally improved my relationship with my my fiance, who has previously had to translate for me all the time. Um, it, it's it gives better results than Google Translate. Yeah, it's very it interesting. Uses a different technology. Thank you for telling you. That's really interesting. I used to have to translate things for my ex-wife, but it never used to never seemed to work though. Uh, Rob, so there we go. Maybe Spencer, we, good uh, one. Uh, um, so there we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, panel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tribe, if you want to see some, some get some great special offers, um, sign up for the WP Tonic newsletter. Go to WP Tonic um, stroke newsletter and you'll be able to sign and have access to a great offer from Spencer and the other sponsors of the show. Um, we'll see Thanks you next for listening week to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.